0: Welcome to the May 30th edition of the PFF forecast. This is a great one, okay, because we heard, hey, you guys get negative all the time, you know, be more positive. So a positive thing about every single NFL team, plus a bet or two or three for that team, this is an awesome episode. We split them up. We go through it. We talk about um, Dak versus Allen versus Russ. Um, We've got... Eric's positive about the Steelers and the Vikings which is absolutely incredible and we've got recommendations of course because it is a Sunday podcast a special Memorial Day weekend edition of recommendations coming at the end Um, so you will not want to miss any part of this episode let's rock Alrighty, a new office for you Big dog.
1: That's right um, and this is well where we'll be for June right I mean you're you're going a few different places we'll be, we'll be all over. Cabo being one of them. Uh, I have a trip to Minnesota a trip to Philadelphia I, I'm excited um, but yeah I mean we're gonna be rem- remote. We're not gonna see it was weird though we didn't see each other from what like early March last year till like late July. It's not gonna be as big of a gap this year, but it'll be a gap.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it not not a lot of difference between those places that you mentioned They're all very similar. So that'll be that'll be fun. I wonder how many unique um, unique backdrops we'll get. I do think we'll do a good job. We'll probably bank a couple of episodes on middle of the week um, episodes like we've been doing uh, we'll be doing trying to bring in a guest to talk about a particular division on our Wednesday episode and then our Sunday episode will be just you and I um, doing whatever we decide is most topical. I was also thinking we should definitely do our best to bring some, some betting conversation around the other sports going on. Cause I was thinking about this. I have spent a lot more time betting on the NBA than I thought I would in the playoffs. I think it was two nights ago. And there were, there were what three teams that were down 2-0. Um the Celtics were like an eight point, uh underdog at home down 2-0 to the nets with Kyrie returning home um I don't know there's some fun stuff out there to bet on so I I think we may want to bring that into conversation too
1: yeah and this is a time I don't know if everybody's like this but like you know if you're working on football or you're working on you know your job and you have you know stuff to work on at night it's just like kind of nice to have those things on in the background Uh, I've enjoyed some NBA, WNBA. I've even enjoyed some MLS, Uh, you know. And the other thing is, like, we talked about this a little bit. We talk about futures on this podcast a lot. And I think, would you agree with me that futures in the NFL right now, especially now, like a month into them being widely available, futures are just a nice place to steady, you know, your conversation. I'm writing an article about the Steelers. And it's just like a good place to show, like, hey, we at PFF are not the only people down on Pittsburgh. Um, less so than it is a, a place to bet, right? Because especially if you're not betting with credit, um, you know, you're tying your money up for a significant amount of time. And, there, and there's probably better ways to do that. Like we at PFF just um, published our best ball sort of, pa- uh, you know, uh, content. Um, to me, best ball might even be the better way to sort of like invest long-term in the NFL right now.
0: Really? You, you, so yeah. So, by the way, you mentioned the best ball draft kit, which you can get with the PFF Edge subscription. Um, which, by the way, you get for the whole year. You've got also all the redraft stuff and, um, some, some gambling, a bunch of gambling content, obviously. Talk to me though about that because I, I would, that is counterintuitive to me. Now, I don't play a lot of best ball, it's not my yeah. favorite thing in the world to do. Um, but personally, the reason I would rather bet on a future is that it's very much tied to a thesis on one team or a like closed set of teams. Whereas best ball, obviously there's so much more variance because you're kind of, you know, it's a league wide situation in a lot of aspects.
1: I'll say this. I think the paramutualness of it, like the playing against somebody else and and in the betting markets, you are like, if you're betting, if you bet on Atlanta seven and a half, Uh, over you're betting against a person who's going to eventually bet on the other side and move the number. Um, These aren't, these aren't like frictionless things, but what I like about best ball, whether you play it uh, on drafters or or, our guys at underdog, like you're playing against other people. So in in some ways, and the the guys at underdog, the, the players on there are really sharp and they give you great ADPs. So one of the reasons I like to play is a, you're playing against somebody, they do take a rake, but you're playing against explicitly against other people. And B, it gives you sort of a consistent feedback loop about where the market is on players. So for example, like I'll get in there and Devontae Adams, like ADP continues to kind of shift around, right? And so you get an idea of like in real time, what the marketplace is feeling about the Aaron Rodgers thing, right? Because I think he's explicitly tied to where, Uh, they believe Rogers is going. And and the other thing is, is again, like it's, it's also more inexpensive. Like I can put, I can do a hundred best ball leagues at $3 a pop and have $300 worth of exposure. And to me, I probably have to put almost that much or more on a futures bet just to even make it feel like it makes any difference for me. So like, that's kind of where I'm at is I I think it's like a, a fun new way of sort of exploring what people think and the people that that play on underdog, like their ADPs are as sharp as anybody.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, check out all the basketball content. It's great stuff. Uh, and it's a fun thing to do for the summer. It's really like low, like the barrier to entry is low. It's amazing. And
1: their, and their interface is really nice draft, you know, which was acquired by FanDuel, I thought was the best, um, you know, was the best one, but they were acquired. And I thought I'm, you know, it was really weird last year. Who's going to take that place? I thought underdog has done a really good job uh, of stepping in there and giving every everything we have. Are you, had. Getting, are you getting paid for this? No, but I I, you know, it's the play. Look, if this you want
0: this is incredible. Um, that was uh, that's so you really take a positivity to the next level. Um, I'm not I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, we're gonna go uh, in alphabetical order, every single NFL team we have a positive statement slash perspective slash outlook for that team and then we tried as best we could to come up with a bet if you were looking to bet on this team in some way how we would bet now to be clear we're not making these bets in every situation some of them we absolutely have and we've endorsed um but look sometimes you come in with a particular desire or a gut feeling on certain teams and if you're looking for a bet to make on a certain team um, we're going to try and give you some uh, to make. By the way, I'll just full disclosure here. I bet the, the Knicks live at plus 250, and they're now down 23. So uh, the Knicks are dead to me. Um, never again. Um, just an absolutely disastrous. I'm going to let you go
1: with that. I'm going to let That's you keep talking so, about that.
0: So bad. Uh, you're starting. We're going with the Cardinals first. Mm-hmm. Give it to me.
1: Okay, the positive thing about the Cardinals is even though we look at a, um, I think we look at Cliff Kingsbury as being like a quote fake sharp, all this kind of thing, but they were a team in 2018 that was dead last. They, they lost almost a quarter of an expected point every time they played offense in 2018. And they were the fifth best team in EPA per play in weeks one through nine using our model 22nd in weeks 10 through 17. They didn't finish above average in EPA per play. So, we look at this thing from a global perspective. Cliff Kingsbury's absolutely improved the Arizona Cardinals, and I think that gets lost in the disappointment of what happened last season. Right? They come from 2018 where they're they're worthy of the first pick. 2019, they I think were five and eleven. Last season, they're five hundred. Like this is a progression of three games per year, essentially. That is not to be scoffed at. Um, expectations are the opiate, I think, of fandom. And I think Arizona is being slept on a little bit. And as such, we have them as about plus 488 to win the West. I'll bet them at six to one.
0: Jared scoffed. I love that bet. Love that bet. Like it a lot. Um, I get the Atlanta Falcons. I was wondering who's going to get the Falcons. I get the Falcons. Uh, I'm very excited about it. So I, I thought this was really interesting. The Titans with Arthur Smith were the most efficient passing offense on first and second downs. Atlanta last year with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Matt Ryan was below average. They were 17th in the NFL. That is fantastic for them. You get a scheme that actually understands how to attack on early downs with play action. And they also don't have Derrick Henry, which should allow them to pass more on early downs. Matt Ryan, sixth highest uh, raw PFF grade per snap in clean pockets in 2020. A lot of positive outlook for the offense, with or without Julio Jones. That's why I like the over. Um, we've talked about that a bunch. And I also uh, will pull this one in here. Plus 225 to make the playoffs. Our simulations have been making the playoffs 52% of the time. The NFC is bad. They are bad, okay? Um, I really like that to make the playoffs better.
1: Yeah, I think I was even able to get it at three to one before the madness. Um, before the markets moved towards Atlanta, we have seen them get a little cheaper over seven and a half. I think it's yeah. In and and, and you, may wanna, you
0: may want to you may want to wait there and see if Julio gets traded because we've yeah. talked about this before. Um, th- that will certainly be overrated to a certain extent in the market, as great as Julio is.
1: Okay, let's talk about some wide receivers. I have the Ravens here. Um, I I really wrote, what is there not to like about the Ravens? However, um, this offseason, they really did address an issue they have. They drafted uh, Rashad Bateman, Tylan Wallace to play wide receiver. Wallace, interestingly, a guy who uh, a DFS college football darling last year actually generated almost twice as many wins above average in college than Bateman did, almost a full win over the course of that time. Very good football player. I think an extremely good value for them. Um, so you look at that team now, their four wide receivers, Bateman, Brown, Wallace, Sammy, Watkins. Um, that's actually not that bad. Like I think I feel like that that's taken what was a, an uncateg- uh, unmitigated weakness for them and made it a strength. I like them. Uh, we have them about 10 to one to win the Super Bowl. You can get them at 14 to one on DraftKings. I will, that's the bet I will endorse here. Ravens to win the Super Bowl at 14 to one.
0: Yeah, I like that. Although they're just a year removed from taking a running back in the second round, so look, you know,
1: we we are we we preach grace on this podcast.
0: That's the true. Great, graceful is definitely. Uh, I mean, you let me talk about
1: underdog fantasy for that's all the true. way up to the. I, I ran the light, as they call Gra- it. Grace an and
0: Sats. Uh, for anyone that didn't see, um, and I'm sure there were some of you that didn't, the best YouTube comment that we've received so far. Um, was on last our last podcast with Ben Solak. By the way, if you didn't listen to that, it is a great podcast. We have to have Ben on more frequently. He was awesome. Um, But the comment was like, I really like Ben. I don't know why I listen to people that I don't like. And they were talking about you and I, and they called us the two sassiest straight men on the internet. And uh, I, for one, am printing that out and hanging it as a banner. That is a compliment. Um, I have the Buffalo Bills here. Here's the real positive for the Buffalo Bills. They have, they're they one of, in my opinion, like four or five teams that has a real shot to win the Super Bowl. Why? Three main reasons, and I'm going to go almost in, um, in opposite order from least important to most important. They have an extremely deep um, wide receiving core that they've made even deeper with Emmanuel Sanders. As long as you don't ask Emmanuel Sanders to lay out for a really important pass in the Super Bowl, he's going to be a huge value add. They also have a coaching staff that gets it from a decision-making standpoint. Massively important. And then they have a quarterback who is capable of playing throw for throw with Patrick Mahomes. He has not done it yet, but he is capable of doing it. Josh Allen, third highest grade from a clean pocket last season. uh, And that was like a jump of like 27 spots. So um, a lot of things to like for the Buffalo Bills. Here's, here's my bet that I would make. They're plus 625 to make the Super Bowl. Break even about 13.8%. We have that at about 15%. That's the bet I'm making. Um, I, I, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about the Josh Allen, Dak Prescott stuff, but I'm going to save that for the Cowboys, and you have the Cowboys later on.
1: Yeah. Um, if you're going to beat the Chiefs, you either have to catch Mahomes on a bad day or go throw for throw with Mahomes. And I think there's only a handful of quarterbacks, maybe even fewer, that can actually do that. And and I think on a good day, Josh Allen. A
0: JPP handful. (laughs)
1: Right. Um, Okay, so I have Carolina. Not very high in Carolina. Um, We saw that that video where they were somehow like, I don't know, that video where they turned down the Vikings trade was really interesting.
0: Um, Can can you spell out that trade again for anyone that hasn't seen it?
1: Well, what was it, like a – I, it was like a first and a third, right? It was 14, right?
0: A, a future first and a future third for eight.
1: Yeah. And they, they, they had the Jimmy Johnson chart So it was negative. So then they they said, get out of here. And whereas with most analytical charts, it would have been positive. Again, all of that's fine. But then you take a cornerback, a position where, you know, actually, we, we, I, I, I tweeted this. I don't know if I tweeted this out, but I certainly mentioned it in one of our chats cornerback has been the, the position um, among positions with a decent number of first round picks that has generated the most fifth year option pickups. So like corners in round one, we, we think about like Akuda being a disaster last year, but it's like, it's actually a fairly safe position, but it, it's not getting Carolina where they need to be. Um, and that that's an issue. That being said, um, Joe Brady was one of the league's best play callers last year. If you look at ex- success rate above what you would expect with the players on your team, he was first, If it was EPA, he was behind Andy Reid and Shane Steichen, which I feel like makes sense when Bridgewater's your quarterback. Like I feel like you can generate more successful plays than like big plays, Uh, but he was good at both despite the limitations last year. Right now, this again, my bet for the NFC South has always been Atlanta, but right now Carolina seven and a half is is plus one ten to the over. That is that's slightly plus EV in my opinion, and that's again because. The tail risk with Atlanta is always there, always there, and the New Orleans Saints might suck. And so you get four games right there. You also get Darnold with Joe Brady. I don't think Darnold's going to work out there, but there's always a chance that he can, you can ooze like Darnold's Jets had seven wins in 2019. So like that's certainly possible um, with that extra game there.
0: I have the Chicago Bears. I was no no comment on the Panthers. We just, nope. We're trying to move efficiently here, right? I, we need to average about a minute, slightly over a minute per team, and um, we were told another piece of feedback that we got that we're trying to leverage is really, you know, sticking to the script here, sticking to the schedule. So, Chicago Bears—they stole Justin Fields in the NFL draft. I don't care what the Georgia coaching staff says about him and how he's, you know, got terrible work ethic and all this crap. I do not give a crap about the Georgia coaching staff and Kirby Smart. I just don't. You got the most accurate quarterback in in the draft who also runs a 4-4 at pick 11. You take your chances, and that's a fantastic chance. It's a franchise-saving move. It's all potentially. And it's also a put-you-in-the-conversation-for-relevance move. And what I mean by that is you could actually be in the conversation to win a Super Bowl in the next three years, which was nowhere near where the Bears were. The franchise tag of Allen Robinson, all of a sudden, is something that he's not going to be as mad about because he's got a real quarterback here. You have a deep, deep defense. They have obviously Cleo Mack. This was an incredible move by them. The Bears, in my opinion, a 180 uh, from where they were before the draft, after the draft. So I like over 7.5 plus at plus 103. We have them going over 59% of the time. So that's a great bet. And then I really like this one. Matt Nagy, this is in part because you have Brought me on board with Matt Nagy a little bit. 30-1 to coach of the year. You know why? Let me talk to you about the narrative here. If they make the playoffs and Justin Fields is really good, Matt Nagy is going to get a lot of praise. A lot of praise for being one of the decision makers, for bringing in Justin Fields, someone that the rest of the league was lower on, and turning him into a great quarterback. Um, A lot of good things about the Bears.
1: Love it, love it. People also go back to Nagy's Chiefs years and wonder, was he a reason for that nonsense? Yeah, I mean, the narratives are all there. Okay, our hometown Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, This one's actually pretty easy. Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase in 2019 was 85 of 125. Sounds like me in flag football, frankly. For (laughs) 1,783 yards, 20 touchdowns. It's ridiculous. And we did the numbers here. Tyler Boyd has the most yards from the slot since 2017 in the NFL. Couple that with T Higgins just broke our boss, Chris Collinsworth record for receptions by a rookie in Cincinnati Bengals history. He AJ green didn't even break that record. By the way, you got three receivers there. There's some good secondaries in the AFC North, but the Bengals should be able to compete um, with these three guys on the outside. I'm going to take over seven or sorry, six and a half plus half plus one eighteen. We have them at 7.7 wins. 7.8 Uh, 7.8 wins, I think, was right right around where the Steelers are. Um, I'm going to go with uh, that bet, the over six and a half for our Cincinnati
0: Bengals. I, I was a little bummed I didn't get the Bengals because I my favorite coach of the year bet is Zach Taylor at 50 to one. Um, even though you might not be bullish on him long term, that's ridiculous with how much talent they have like on that team, bringing Joe Burrow back.
1: If that um, gets close, do we call it Sweat Taylor? Like if we're worried, like the the award show. Like if we're we're waiting for we can, them to say the we've name. We've got
0: recommendations <laughs> coming at the end. Let's save the sweat, Taylor, for then. Uh, I have the Cleveland Browns. And obviously, this is, another, this is another team with just so much positive things to say. I'm going to start with Andrew Barry, who with well, the biggest positive is he is legit. And he's had success. And that is not easy to do. The process and success don't always align. You've seen this with. You saw this with Sashi. Like it can get you thrown out of town. Andrew Berry combines understanding society and how people work, like in real life, and how to make smart mathematical decisions. That doesn't happen all over the place. Um, they can survive, and this is a real positive thing. They can survive and be a relevant franchise, whether Baker is the answer or not, and they position themselves to find out about Baker this year. If he is, they're a Super Bowl contender right now, but if he isn't, they are in a situation to move on from him and, and, and reload quickly. Baker, I'll say this, though. This is another positive thing. Eighth in PFF grade last year without much of a receiving core. Um, and in the playoffs, and I think this was really great, a 90.5 and an 80.3 grade. That, that's awesome, right, to see a guy show up in big moments. So a lot of positive things there. And for a short guy, he attacks the middle of the field. We're going to talk about some guys that don't. Uh, here are the bets I like: conference winner, plus seven fifty. That's an eleven point eight break-even percentage. We have them doing that about fourteen percent of the time. And then here's a couple uh, a couple of other ones: Baker thirty three to one to win MVP. Justin Herbert's twenty to one. So I'll take Baker.
1: Yeah, I think some Browns fans would have been a little bit upset with you having left the door open, but then you sort of. Slammed it shut with a bunch of good Baker things. I agree with you. 100%. They also did a great job. Back of quarterback Case Keenum, I think, is actually a guy that, um, you know, can. I I I think they're the most robust team in the NFL right now, um, which is weird to say, given where they've come from. All right. I have Dallas. Um, Dak Prescott was the third most valuable player in the NFL in 2019, despite not playing in any playoff games. He was second going into uh, the playoffs Mahomes uh came you know from behind the notion that he can't win a close game is complete bullshit and, and something that people will always sort of talk about qb wins They're, you know they'll, they'll they'll chide that look at any starter with over Look at any starter in the NFL that has, you know, over a certain number. Like, QB wins actually does, like, correlate with being a good quarterback if you increase the sample enough. And, and furthermore, this idea of not being clutch um, sort of dissipates over time. Not to say that that's how we should judge quarterbacks, but they do correlate, for sure. Um, furthermore, the, the Cowboys have the 11th easiest schedule in the NFL. Um, and I think from a narrative perspective, even easier given how they clump together. Give me Dak at seventeen to one to win MVP.
0: I like that. Uh, we'll be right back to the the positive views on teams, but a couple things to tell you about. Uh, the first is we mentioned this at the, at, the, uh, at the beginning of the show. There's a lot of great content on PFF.com, including the 2021 Best Ball Draft Kit. Now, Eric, I didn't know if you were if that was like you mentioned that at the beginning. I was like, are you really just selling the Best Ball Draft Kit? And then I, I was, am. No, no, there's no. Way. You just love best ball and you have have been that way for a couple of years now. So it's almost like we made the best ball draft kit for you For me. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it's awesome. There's tiered rankings, projections, stacks to target, you know, look at strength of schedule, favorable matchups, the whole thing. So if you're getting into best ball, this is go get this. You pay $40 for an entire year. You'll get obviously all premium content the whole way through. Um, But it's a great way to get yourself ready and, like, oriented for uh, the upcoming season. The other thing to mention is Ian Hardett's Fantasy Football Podcast. So fantastic. He's starting to create some really great content to get you ready for all your drafts uh, coming up. And he, of course, plays best ball as well. So go check that out wherever it is that you get your podcast. The other thing, we've mentioned this a bunch throughout the episode. uh, Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L. It's a stock market for sports teams, and um, Eric, there's nothing that you like more than stock markets with sports teams. Sports teams. All yeah. Team. yeah. So really you've called game. out a couple. Um, there's obviously you can you can go buy basketball and you know baseball teams and hockey and the, the whole thing as well. Go to symbol s i m b u l l dot app slash p f f. Use the promo code p f f when you deposit ten bucks. You're going to get a forty dollar p f f subscription. That's a Freaking, I don't even know how they got us to do this deal it's a ridiculous deal um so go make it happen uh, but you've mentioned like three so you, normally I ask you to, to bring up some teams that you're purchasing you've already mentioned them throughout the podcast
1: yeah man um buy low on some of these teams because they'll win some games you'll get some dividends
0: um, uh go go check out Ben Brown wrote a great article looking at how people have valued those teams in the stock in, in the symbol market um so go to pff.com and check that out as well All right, back to positivity on the NFL. So here's what I was going to bring up. I was interested in the Dak, Josh Allen, Russ debate. We got started with that in our podcast with Ben Solak. I would go listen to that. He brought up some good points and got me thinking more about Dak. So I went and compared those three in a couple of of areas that I thought were really useful. EPA per play from a clean pocket. This is the last two years because obviously Dak only played a handful of games. Dak is the best among those three. Then it goes Josh Allen and then Russell Wilson. Lowest sack rate. Dak is the best among those three. Then it goes Josh Allen. And then Russ is almost double both those guys. Yeah. Like the case for Dak Prescott being an elite quarterback is way better than I initially thought it was. Um. And I so I love your bet.
1: Uh, uh, here's, here's my take on Prescott versus Allen. I would, in the NFL playoff format, I'd rather play Dak. In a seven-game playoff, I'd rather play Allen
0: you'd you'd rather
1: have i'd rather play against josh allen in a seven game format and i'd rather play against i'd rather play against dak in a one so i like Dak. are you purposely
0: trying to confuse me as to which one you'd rather? i think so maybe okay (laughs)
1: dak is better in a dak is better in a seven game series yeah allen allen is better in a one game elimination i
0: think i obviously love that you know Here's what I'll say Josh Allen's ceiling is higher. I have underestimated Dak Prescott's ceiling. And I think if the price were the same, I would be I would be very close to taking Dak Prescott. I honestly don't know which one I would take right now. I need yeah. to do more. We can do a whole podcast on that. Yeah. I have the Denver Broncos. Um sure this is them. this might be one of the most positive things I can say about any team. They they have, in my opinion, a top three roster ignoring quarterback. Um, They could have one of the five best wide receiver duos in the NFL with Judy and Corlin Sutton. Um, And then here's the positive thing on Drew Locke. Drew Locke had the 14th best PFF grade from a clean pocket last year on a per snap basis. Where was he terrible? He was terrible under pressure. Why? Because his average depth of target was the deepest in the NFL. He forced so much stuff. You look at Josh Allen, you go, how did he do it? He actually pulled his average depth of target back more than a yard Drew Locke can do that. I'm not saying he's going to turn into Josh Allen, but he could turn into average. Whereas right now, I think the the Denver Broncos have the worst, one of the two worst, three worst quarterback situations. You know, the Texans exist uh, in the NFL, but that's some positivity for Drew Locke. The bets I like, uh, look, we talked about their over earlier. That has obviously come way up with the potential Rodgers news. So that's not a value anymore. So here are actually three that I like that are player specific and they've I don't love them. I'm going to go in order from least like to most like Patrick Sertan, 14 to one to win defense rookie of the year. Vic Fangio gets it. He is a brilliant defensive coordinator. Patrick Sertan, a smart guy. He's kind of a long shot. Javante Williams was 33 to one win offense rookie of the year. He's now 20 to one. I still like Javante Williams, most elusive guy in the entire draft. Most missed tackles forced among all running backs. But this is my favorite one. Vaughn Miller, 16 to one comeback player <laughs> of the year because If this is a team that overachieves, it will be defense. And Bradley Chubb on the other side, teams will respect. Now, after last year, Von Miller has some nice sack total. Um, 16 to 1 is a great, great price.
1: Absolutely. And you have – I've been helping – I was getting athleticism scores for Timo, who uh, is no doubt writing a brilliant article about how they um, help players progress. Vaughn Miller was one of the best athletes we've ever seen at Edge, uh, which, which, which 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 makes sense. Um, interesting there with the Broncos for sure. Okay, I have the um, the task of talking about the Detroit Lions, and look, this is what I'll say: tanking is a sign of pragmatism, and Detroit appears to be tanking because from the eating of Jared Goff's contract to the drafting of Panay Stool as a right tackle. And the admission that they will not go for two when they're down eight, they are not trying to win in 2021. (laughs) And and that is fine. That is fine. If you're not first, you're last. And Detroit is already last. They might as well stay there and not try to be 20th. Okay. So I'm fine. That's the, that to me is the best I can say about Detroit and they got some smart people working there. I, I actually do like the direction of that franchise But for 2021, to me, this is the bet you make. You buy them on
0: Symbol for $37. I love that. I think that's fantastic. I have the Green Bay Packers. And this was the hardest one I think I had. Um, Because, and you can go listen to the podcast we had with Aaron Nagler, where he talks about that situation. He understands it very well. But this is the positive thing about them. In any given game, they can have the four best players in the world at the four most important positions. That's how good those players are quarterback Aaron Rodgers. wide receiver, Devonte Williams corner with Jair Alexander and left tackle with David Bakhtiari. That is freaking awesome. And I'm going to expound a little bit on Devonte Adams here. I think he's the most underappreciated superstar in the NFL. Even his own fans talk about their record when he doesn't play. This guy is the best creator of separation in the NFL. Josh Hermesmeyer wrote a great article about it. Um, Devontae Adams is underappreciated even for how good he is. I'll also say this. They might have one of the best cornerback safety duos with Jair and Adrian Amos um, in the NFL. Hard to find bets for them here, but they're 14 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. If they have Aaron Rodgers, we'll give them about a 14% chance. 6.7% chance is break even there at uh, 14 to 1. I do think it's becoming increasingly likely that they find a way to get him to come back. Um, And uh, so I like that 14 to one.
1: Look, I have the unenviable task of going from Detroit to Houston and then following that with Jacksonville. So it's incredible. I have Houston. What do I really, okay. I was looking at how well teams have spent their money and, and Houston last year was actually top 10 in terms of war per dollar spent at wide receiver, sorry, quarterback and tight end. Now they lost both guys. Uh, Daniel Fells went to the aforementioned Detroit Lions, or Darren Fells. Daniel Fells is older, and obviously Deshaun Watson. The the most positive thing I can say about Houston is that they're cheap, and you can bet them, you can get them for twenty three dollars in symbol.
0: By the way, symbol s i m b u l l. It's basically a stock market for sports teams, and it's a lot of fun. I would go check it out. Um, the Indianapolis Colts. So it's I, this was a tricky one for me actually. And I think the most positive thing about the Indianapolis Colts is that I, if I needed to choose one coach to make a decision for me in a game, I actually think I would choose Frank Reich. Harbaugh is right there; they're both they're, they're basically tied. Um, but I absolutely love Frank Reich. And here's what I'll say about the Colts: they have a top five pass blocking unit. The only situation where Carson Wentz has found the right side of variance is with a top five pass protection unit. That said, I think the bet I would make is actually under 10 wins. Um, that would be the bet that that um, that we would, our simulation would have them uh, doing. I think we have them going under their their win total about 70% of the time. Um, and that's tricky because I think the Titans regress a little bit. Carson Wentz is like nine to one comeback player of the year. I, I do not like those odds, but that that might've been the second bet that, that I would have made. This was a tricky one for me. I thought we were only supposed to do positive
1: bets for teams. It's kind of well,
0: like my point was positive in terms of what I would most expect to make money on. Oh, I see. Okay. You know, well, so I said, so- I said something positive. Uh, it, look, I, if you want to do that, I'll, I'll say Carson Wentz nine to one comeback player of the year.
1: Yeah. Cause I think Indy is one of the better run teams in football, Agreed. but I think that we've, We've all incorporated that. That's baked into everything now. Yes. And the problem then is, at the most important positions, they're weaker. Like last year, Rivers, I thought played okay um, and actually very well at times, but they were not that great at wide receiver, so really limited them in big games. Um, and this year, they're weakest. They're weaker at quarterback than they were, um, and and not any better at wide receiver. So to me, it, it's tough where. I don't. I still think the players on the field sort of overcome even the the, the functionality of that team, which is quite high, admittingly. Um, okay, Jacksonville. Speaking of yes. functionality. Okay, um, I'll say this: Jacksonville has drafted a number of highly regarded players the last two years in rounds one and two, um, and talent talent sometimes comes together. Um, they have the second easiest schedule in the league. This isn't the best of it anymore. Uh you, you could have got it at twelve to one earlier in the offseason, but they're still plus seven fifty to win the South. I think it's more like plus four hundred. So um grab yourself some Jacksonville. Houston's not winning this year. Um and if you're down on both Tennessee and Indy, um, I think Jacksonville's at least a nice little flyer for you to take.
0: Yeah. We talked about that earlier too. I got you man, you got some stinkers. I, I did not. I, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh well, there's a lot of positive things. We've actually talked a bunch about, I think, some of the negative future impacts of the moves they've made. I want to talk about the positive, like, this year impacts of the moves they've made. And I think the biggest one is that Patrick Holmes could throw 60 freaking touchdowns <laughs> this year. Like, It would not surprise me at all. I was looking at some of the areas that Patrick Holmes actually struggled last year. He had just a 98 pass rating on throws 20-plus yards downfield, which is ridiculous. He had just the 10th best PFF grade per snap from a clean pocket. Um, these are all areas that I anticipate he is going to be a heck of a lot better next year. Uh, he's going to go scorched earth. 60 touchdowns to me is happening about a fifth of the time it, when Mahomes plays this entire season. Um, and and look, I'm not going to say that undefeated is, a, is an option here, but he's plus 450 to win MVP. So that's 20%. I think he's thrown 60 plus touchdowns at least 20% of the seasons that he's playing this year. So that's my bet for the chiefs. Um, they're like five to one to win the super bowl. I think that's a little bit, I would rather bet Mahomes MVP than super bowl. Cause more things can go wrong, obviously. Um, and uh, you know, the, the, the box are really good. So um, th- that's my bet for the chiefs.
1: Yeah. It's actually remarkable that they managed to win all those games in the second half of the regular season without covering the spread once. And I think it just shows that like they were kind of living on the edge, even going in um, to the playoffs in hindsight. Okay. I have finally a team that's actually thought of as being pretty decent. I have the LA Rams. Um, I, look, I, here's what I'll say. Moving on from Jared Goff was pragmatic and correct. Um, the problem I have is their overall orientation as a team caused them to move on from Jared Goff in probably the least optimal way. Um, Which is to acquire a middle in quarterback. Hey, positivity and a humongous uh, and humongous contract. Um, To their credit, though, they have acquired good players over the course of the years. They had the fourth most wins above replacement on their roster in 2020. That's a positive. Um, I think the market's way too heavy on them. However, the one bet I do like is Jalen Ramsey at 33 to one to win defensive player of the year. I did put I guess because again. I think the Rams are thought of very positively on the marketplace right now. And I'm just a little bit beneath that.
0: That That's very interesting in light of what I had for the chargers for the next team. Um, so the positive thing here is that if you're picking a young coach to, to be brilliant for the long haul, I think Brandon Staley is right up there. I think he's up there with Shanahan um, in, in that regard. Now he's on the defensive side of the ball, but if you're going to pick one guy who's defensive minded, you should pick a guy that's a former quarterback who coaches a defense to stop the pass first. And that's what Brandon Staley is. I still think his conversation with Richard and Chris on Chris's podcast a few months ago was one of the best that I've heard. He's so intelligent. Here's the other thing. I think he gets it with his players. And that is more and more increasingly an important thing, as you're seeing throughout the league. Not getting it with the players you coach is Going to have negative ramifications for your team. Um, so that's one of the really great things about the Chargers. The other thing is Derwin James. Derwin James is 25 to 1 win defensive player of the year. That shocked me. However, Brandon Staley is going to put these guys in positions to succeed like you have not seen before in Los Angeles. I mean, not even close to it. They have been so talented and yet have not reached that. And that's why my other favorite bet is Asante Samuel, 25 to 1 defensive rookie. Of the year you saw what he did i think you mentioned this with darius williams in uh in los angeles with the rams last year
1: nice okay
0: moving on to vegas uh dreams this was, this was, um
1: okay a not a lot to like here but they are currently undervalued in my opinion on the market <laughs> seven wins flat minus 115 i think six and a half minus 150 was what ben brown and i bet on the pff daily betting podcast um all of his warts understood Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL in many years. Um, and John Gruden, this is the, this is the paradox of John Gruden. Gruden is responsible for the groceries. And he's terrible at buying them, it, it, but he's a good cook. Like it's weird, but he, you know, you talk about his sixth best play call in the NFL last year in terms of EPA 12th in terms of success rate. Like, I think John Gruden's misunderstood. Um, that being said, they like, just don't shop well. So, like, it's tough. But I think seven wins. Um, you know, when you have a quarterback as good as Carr, uh, as limited as Car, but as good as Carr, I think seven and ten is sort of, like, not – is too low for expectations. They were an eight and eight, eight and eight team last year, and how much worse did they really get this offense?
0: Mm-hmm. He's a man whose intentions are good. <laughs> um, I'm not going to sing the song for you. I, this I, This is another stat that I found – uh, un- unbelievable as I was doing research for this, Derek Carr had more big time throws last year than Josh Allen. Uh, that absolutely floored me. I was stunned to see that big time throws being that Sunday night throws game. down the football field. Yeah, now a lot of them were in can- against Kansas yeah. City. That Sunday night game
1: was the first time, and I've been a Chiefs fan for a decade. but That was the first time I was ever afraid of Derek Carr. Like it was the first time I watched him play, and I'm like. I'm at like This is sort of the weird thing about the Dak-Josh Allen thing, too. That's like,
0: interesting because I've been afraid of Derek Carr almost every time we bet the Raiders.
1: Sure. Okay. Go for it. The fu- him fumbling out of the
0: back of the end zone is certainly something to be worried about. I, I will never forget that. I have the Miami Dolphins. Tons of positive stuff here. I don't think there's been a team that has done a better job of setting their young quarterback up for success this season relative to last season than the Dolphins. They played him last year. He did not perform anywhere near as well as Herbert and Burrow. And I think that's a good thing for this year. It is going to motivate him. And they have now put a new receiving core with Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell that is going to allow him to open up the middle of the field. I've I've talked about this before. Lowest graded quarterback on middle of the field throws last year. That is awful. That's a place where he dominated at Alabama. Jalen Waddle's speed, Will Fuller's speed, Devontae Parker now can fit that mold they want, Uh, and and Gasicki is basically a slot receiver. So many positive things. I think Brian Flores is right there with Brandon Staley in terms of the only defensive coaches that I would consider hiring. Um, My favorite bet is for them to make the playoffs at plus 130.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I was going through the teams uh, that have better odds to make the playoffs than the Steelers, and... Uh, that that was one that popped out to me as a number that's really good to bet. Okay, I have Minnesota. Had to. We, we had to make this happen. The Vikings are not a great team, but they do have some great players. They were top 10 in the NFL last year and WAR generated um, by the passing game. Quarterback, wide receiver, tight end O-line per dollar spent. A lot of that is Justin Jefferson. Defense is terrible, but offense regresses more slowly than defense does. So if you can get career years ish out of some of those guys they could be okay that being said the market is way too high on them they opened at eight and a half um and i think it was like plus money to the over it's down nine um and i gotta say folks i but i bet under nine but i do like this is the thing kirk cousin should not have 50 to 1 MVP odds so i'm taking that for all the lols
0: that can you imagine you know oftentimes it's we talk ridiculous. about long shots um and, and like Yes, it can be plus EV, but can you imagine a world where Kirk Cousins wins MVP? Like I just can't. I can't yeah. fathom that, you know? Um, that would be that would be one of I'm trying to think about, you know, MVP players that have won MVP, you know, really the ones that have come out of left field. Like, I feel like Matt Ryan kind of came out of left yeah. field. Yeah.
1: I almost said Matt Ryan, but the problem is is Ryan led his team to the one seed twice before even winning right. the MVP. So like Kirk has never had team success. So like that, the Matt Ryan one, I guess, makes even more sense. But you're right. It has to be that sort of equivalent. It would be out of left field for sure for him to win it. But he's at the same odds as Jalen Hurts, which is absurd.
0: That is absurd. Um, I have the New England Patriots. I think Matt Jones at 15 was the best value pick in the NFL draft, at least in the first round. I also thought Christian Barmore uh, in the second round was was up there as well. And I think it will motivate the living hell out of Cam Newton. Cam Newton last year was a good runner and at times a good passer with one of the worst supporting casts in the NFL. Now, their wide receivers, I don't think, have improved enough for me to feel that much better about it. But they've obviously improved a little bit. They've improved the tight ends dramatically. So from that perspective, I think that you've provided a ceiling there. That said, I do think my favorite bet is actually under nine plus at plus 107. Um, and I think the reason for that is that if cam is not good enough to beat out Mac Jones and you put Mac Jones in there, there is no Mac Jones had 10 times of a better receiving core last year at Alabama than he will have in new England with this receiving core. So, um, it, you know, you might get a few, a few lumps there. And I don't think that's bad. Having a high draft pick next year for new England is not a bad thing that's another positive thing to keep in mind um so my, my bet would be under nine at plus 107 um i think things are ultimately looking up for them given that they've got mac jones at 15
1: yeah um mac jones also has looked the part quote unquote uh in camp all right uh this, this will be short for the saints i like Jameis a lot but i think the the positive thing about the saints is their defense is good last year They're eighth in epa per play allowed uh, they didn't lose, I think, that important of people. I know Hendrickson um, and Jenkins uh, are, you know, p- good players, but um, this, there's not a lot to like here with the cap situation and the quarterback gone and, no, you know, no secondary targets, but Marshawn Lattimore 50 to one to win defensive player of the year feels like the most positive bet I can make on the Saints.
0: The New York football giants. Um, pretty excited about this one. So, Investing in pass catchers this offseason is what we called for. They did it this year. And this is going to let you know whether Daniel Jones can be the guy or not. And to that end, Daniel Jones, 26th in PFF grade in 2019, 18th in PFF grade in 2020. The progression is there. It's all about not taking a bunch of sacks and having guys that will get open, that will allow him to get rid of the ball quickly at different levels of the field, I think is going to be fantastic. They're four to one to win the division. That's one of my favorite bets. I also, as we've talked about, we've written this one up, over seven wins.
1: Yeah, that one, um, things got to come together here. All right, for the other New York team, uh, we project Zach Wilson at about 1.8 war this year, uh, using our college to pro model, which is more than Sam Darnold generated his entire Jets career. Give me over six and a half plus half plus one twelve Oh, man. uh, For the New York football Jets, Robert Salah, NFL players all around the roster for the first time in forever and a good young quarterback, give it to me.
0: Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, Scranton. Yes. The Philadelphia 76ers trusted the process, and they are scraping the hell out of the, uh, the opponents in the, in the NBA playoffs, depending on when you listen to this. Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure what will happen in the second round. But they took care of the heat and in very spectacular fashion. The Eagles are following that train of thought. They traded back. Good process. They drafted a really great wide receiver in Monte Smith. Great process. That'll help them figure out whether Jalen Hurts has it or not. Great process. Not worried about winning games this year. Great process. Had one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL last season. It's going to be much improved this year. The process for the Philadelphia Eagles, I think, can be sound doesn't really matter. Nick Sirianni is not the guy you're winning a Super Bowl with ultimately, right? Think further down the road. So in light of that, I would bet at plus 127 under six and a half because it's not about winning football games here. Um, And I do think both the the Cowboys and the Washington football team uh, and the Giants are good teams in that division. It won't be nearly as bad as it was last year.
1: Okay. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Our team. team. Stick up for the Steelers. Um, No. Um, Here's the thing. The Steelers got the most war per dollar out of any team at the wide receiver position last year, Hmm. which shows sort of like, you know, whether by hook or by crook, they were drafting the right positions for a while. uh, And that kind of buoyed them, despite the fact that Roethlisberger did not play well a season ago. Um, That being said, um, you know, then they go and draft the running back and all that kind of stuff. I guess the only good bet I can think of for the Steelers is to buy them for $35 dollars and 60 cents on symbol, because I think a lot of other Steelers fans might end up doing that as well. And you can get uh, a decent value there.
0: You, you've really gone to the symbol. Well, a couple times I like that. Well, there, there's really no, like I'm not,
1: if I'm going to bet something positively for a team, I'm going to, you know, maybe. Yeah, go yeah. Uh,
0: the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, there have been reports that Julio Jones is someone that they are looking at. And that is a huge positive. They might trade for Julio Jones. Now they just have to throw the ball like, you know, like actually all season. Um, but that would give them the most physically intimidating wide receiver duo in the NFL with D- DK Metcalf and Julio Jones. That is absolute banana land. Russell uh, Wilson, top seven graded every single week for the first seven weeks. Top six grade, both from a clean pocket and under pressure overall. The nice thing about Julio Jones is that yes, he can dominate the middle of the field, but also outside the numbers, he's still he's still phenomenal. And that is where Russell Wilson just absolutely eviscerates teams. So that would be incredible. They are a steal at three to one to win this division. Russell Wilson, he's still the best quarterback in the NFC West. Three to one to win the division. Is a great bet.
1: Speaking of the NFC West, I got the Niners. Um, here's the thing, I don't get this. Jimmy G has a career 8.2 yards for pass attempts. He's low key one of the better bridges we've ever seen from, you know, uh, incumbent quarterback to rookie quarterback. Um, you know, the market thinks the Seahawks and the Cardinals are going to fall off. I think that they have a decent chance to win the West, and if they do, Trey Sermon at 25 to one is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year.
0: You're all in. All in. Uh, I just hope Trey Lance gets some starts here. That would be – I need to see that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a uh, lot of positives here. But I think the biggest positive is the, they've built such a deep supporting cast around Tom Brady in two really important uh, positions, pass coverage and pass receiving. They are as deep as any team out there. Tom Brady, over the, after the bye last year – was I had a top seven PFF grade every single week all the way through the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, and if you just use those weeks, he'd be the highest graded quarterback and the MVP. He's 14 to one to win the MVP. He looks younger every single freaking year. That that stretch after Dang. the bye week, he had a 10% big time throw rate. No one else uh, over 7% or, or over 8%, I should say. Um, that is an incredible bet. They also just, the NFC is not very good, especially if Rogers goes like, Tom Brady could light the league on fire and win MVP at 14 to one. And you'll get halfway through the year and you'll go, wait, he was 14 to one MVP win MVP that, that to me is an incredible value. Yeah. The only thing that could tank them, I think is him throwing, like
1: him throwing interceptions at the rate he did at some points in the season, as well as the NFC title game. But you're right. I mean, they're, they look pretty indestructible at this point. All right. If the Titans acquire Julio Jones, now I think this is a pipe dream because it's cap space and stuff, but they might. They, I mean, they have a 10 t- top 10 offense in terms of VPA the last few years and top five since Ryan Tannehill took over. That team, like, even though they lose offensive linemen, two weapons, I think they could still be okay. Um, and, and if they do, they could have a lead enough where somebody like Caleb Farley, 25-1 to 1 to win defensive rookie of the year, could get some interceptions against some of these younger quarterbacks uh, in the division.
0: AJ Brown and Julio would be so sick. Uh, the Washington football team this is the last team here. Um, they have the best roster in the division. Now the question is, of course, at quarterback, but from Chase Young to Terry McLaurin, they, they really have playmakers at every single position uh, out there, which is you cannot say about a lot of teams in the NFL. And there, a lot of them are young. So, you know, if you're thinking about future a franchise that you want to invest in you know maybe on symbol for example this would be one if Fitz just plays decent and if you look at his grade over the last three seasons his 10th 14th and 19th he's been a top 20 graded player uh, at the position over the last three seasons they can beat any team because his ceiling is so high in terms of the throws he's willing to make so th- they could easily beat the the Washington uh, sorry the Dallas Cowboys in any game, in any situation, even if they have to come from behind. Uh, so plus 260 now to win the division, that would be the bet that I would make. Um, I hope that they figure out the quarterback at some point here. May, maybe Taylor Heineke gets a few starts. I think he's similar in that, look, we saw him play against Tampa Bay and he looked he made some nice throws downfield. Alex Smith, it was heroic that he came back. I think we're looking at that heroism as if he was a really good quarterback. He, he was not. It was just amazing that he was on the field. They had the worst quarterback situation in the NFL last year. That takes a dramatic turn back towards average. And I think um, with with how good that roster is, they could um, they should be much shorter odds to win the division.
1: I think that wraps it up.
0: That was, that was well done. We did that in under an hour. Yeah. Um, That's impressive. So last thing here, we're going to do some recommendations uh, for this week. You teased yours last week. So I, you know, we kind of know that a book is coming our way. So this better be one hell of a book.
1: Yeah. For our mathematicians and data science fans. uh, It's a book called shape by Jordan Ellenberg. It talks about how geometry uh, affects the way that we do, uh, hmm. sort of everything. I thought it was really
0: good. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Let me go check. That. Is it does it come in audio? I
1: don't know, it, it's relatively
0: new. Um, I do
1: okay. know that it, it comes in, uh, you know, Kindle and all that, but uh, not audio yet. I don't think.
0: Go check it out. I told you I was going to come prepared this week. Okay, I, oh. I have I've got it all here. Okay, I'm setting you guys up. It's Memorial Day weekend. I'm setting you all up for the summer here, okay? So I've got three things for you. Three, I'm gonna give you something to cook. I'm gonna give you a a couple of guidelines to work out so that you stay in shape even after you cook. And then I've got a product that I think people will help, it will help them enjoy the summer more. Okay, so here we go. First thing, thing to cook, really easy. You don't have to be a wizard to do this. Get yourself a New York Times cooking subscription. It's very cheap. The app is super easy. Something that I made on there that I would highly recommend is caramelized shallot pasta. Okay. It's it's simple. You can't mess it up. And if you serve it to someone, they'll think you're a chef. Go make it happen. Uh, the second thing is going to be around how I would structure workouts in the summer. Here's what I would do. Think about intensity over all else. If you work out for 30 minutes, but you go all out, That's going to be way, 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 way more impactful than like an hour long jog. Don't don't do jogs. Those are a waste of your time. So intense workouts early in the morning. And then I recommend intermittent fasting. Go like an eight hour block, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, That'll that'll make your life simple and you'll get in good shape. Last recommendation I have. You're out there. You're partying it up. It's going to be warm, Eric. What happens when it's warm and you're moving around? Well, not
1: to me, but to, yeah. to the youngins that, that we've spent. To some
0: people, with. it it yeah. causes you to uh, to smell like shit, okay? Don't smell like shit. So I've got something for you. Um, I have to credit my beautiful girlfriend for turning me on to this. It's uh, a cologne called Santal 33. It's kind of pricey, okay? But this is, I think, my favorite cologne I've ever purchased. It's from a brand called Le Labo, um, you know this because we were at the restaurant where literally a, a waitress like turned around. And was like, wait, are you wearing this? You know this cologne. So I recommend it. Go check it out. Um, I told you I was coming prepared for Memorial Day weekend.
1: Wow. Yeah. With that that shows like the contrast between the two. I say like a book, and you were like, look, this is this is how you this is how you stay fit.
0: I'm trying to set people up for the summer, you know. So I wanted to give a little. Right. A little gift there now i'm gonna really maybe i'll bring a book next sunday you never know we're gonna mix it up i've enjoyed this um this new segment though so kudos to you on that that was our show uh we'll be back on wednesday wednesday is going to be great we're doing the nfc south and we have a new another first time guest that is going to be just as good as benjamin solak so make sure you go check that out download subscribe uh we appreciate you all we'll see you guys enjoy memorial day peace out